So now we get into your number one hits, and, and you get a string of them. We're talking like the height of the Gary Allen career here in, in the early 2000s. Um, you had Man to Man, Tough Little Boys, Nothing On But The Radio. You get another one a few years later with Every Storm Runs Out of Rain. Of the number one singles, do any of them have a little bit more meaning than some of the others? Probably Every Storm. Yeah, uh, That was like a turning point for me. That was um, right when my wife died, I was having a hard time just writing stuff that wasn't sad. And uh, and that was the first time I started writing with girls. And I wrote with Hillary Lindsay. I, I just started writing with her. Um, she just won Songwriter of the Year this year. But she uh, she taught me a lot about uh, writing. Like that song's a good example. Writing a song that was sad, but every every line in the song is positive. You only insinuate sadness. Um, and and so she learned to, to teach me how to spin things positive, even when you're writing about stuff that's sad. And every storm runs out of rain as well perfect example of that you talk about still fitting to this day especially this year my goodness the year we've been going through um (laughs) i think everybody's ready for this storm to be about out of rain (laughs) amen yeah we were talking we can't get this license during this (laughs) (laughs) by the way when i told my wife i was talking to you today she wanted me to tell you that that's her favorite song oh very cool she she had to tell her that absolutely (laughs) loves that song you mentioned about you know writing songs and and uh being too sad at one point to actually write songs um, I guess that's somewhere around the time Best I Ever Had came to you. Yeah. Would have been around 2005. So that's a Vertical Horizon song, but um, I think you jumped on the chance to, to be able to record that one, right? Yeah, and that was, like I said, everything I was handing was just so sad. And, and I can remember Mark saying that, going, this is all great, dude, but they're not going to play this on the radio every day, you know? Um, and his kid found that. It was Mark Wright's son that said, hey, how about something like this? Because they kept saying, why don't we just try to do something that's not about this. And I didn't want to just pretend like nothing happened. I thought that would have been really weird to come up with a single, but just sort of ignored the fact. So uh, anyway, that song you brought me, I, yeah, I fell in love with it. And uh, that, that became the, the one that we led with after. So going back to her, man, you didn't know that Waylon had cut it first, but I'm pretty sure you knew vertical horizon had a hit with this one, right? No, I knew this one. And yeah. uh, I, I knew the song well and, and really, really loved it. Um, and which it's always weird to me to do a song that's, that's a, uh, a cover just for fear that you don't do it as good as the other person did. But he, anyway, he called me and said he loved it, and uh, I felt good about it after we finished. What was that process like of making sure that you didn't kind of step on his toes a little bit and, and do it your your way? I think I do that by not listening to the other person's version. As soon as I decided I was going to cut it, I stopped listening to his. Um, and then you just kind of go in and just let it breathe. And that's Yeah, and that's the beauty of Mark Wright with all the strings and stuff like that. Last one I want to ask you about is watching airplanes from from 2007. That goes almost straight to the top as well. And just a a unique idea for a song that a lot of people could relate to, just sitting out there watching airplanes, you know, kind of watching your your world take off and and leave you behind. Right. Uh, Singleton uh, is a guy that wrote that, Jonathan Singleton. And I remember he was trying to get a record deal at the time. Um, And and he, yeah, he still gave me that song. a huge song for me and it was a huge song for me at that time i think it's, it's still a huge song in my show love to play it and you're right it's just uh it's such just a snapshot of of somebody sitting out there watching airplanes how much are you hurting not being able to get out and tour right now it kills me um it's uh it's very very odd times in my life in fact the first zoom thing i did a couple of weeks ago i realized i hadn't sang because I'm, I'm so used to when I'm off, I play so much usually that I try to rest and I consciously don't sing. And when the first time I sang, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't sang in seven months. I need to start <laughs> singing. So yeah, I've been picking up the guitar every day and, and we've done a few things since then. But 
Oh, yeah, holy cow, way different times. I, I haven't had this much time off since I was 12. <laughs> I, I've been fortunate enough to see you live twice. I saw you in St. Louis one year. You were opening for Rascal Flats. My buddies all wanted to go see Rascal Flats. I was more interested in going to see you, but because I was with them, we got up there a little bit late, and I only caught the tail end of your show, and I was really disappointed. Uh, but then I got to see you just a few years ago in uh, Heron, Illinois, right here in our neck of the woods, and I got to see your full show this time, and I thought, man, that was an awesome, awesome show. That being said, I wanted to know what, what song you perform live that might be your favorite or that maybe gets the biggest kind of crowd reaction. They change all the time. Uh, right now, I think it's an Ain't the Whiskey, and that wasn't that big of a hit for me either. It's funny the things that people gravitate towards, and uh, I knew that one was a, a big song, whether the radio played it or not, and, it, and I was right. It, as soon as you start the song, people go nuts, and if you don't play it, they yell it out the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't the whiskey. Yeah, that, that came out, uh, what, tw- 2013, I think it was. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of whiskey, we should probably talk about the new single, Waste yeah. of Whiskey Drink. Uh, you, you talk about kind of throwing it back to the 90s with this one. Um, I got that vibe. I didn't realize that's what you were trying to do, actually, but I, I definitely got that vibe, and I love this new song of yours, Gary. Thanks. Yeah, to me, it feels like right in that era. Um, it felt like it while we were doing it. it was super nostalgic having all those same guys on there. Uh, yeah, it's a fun song to play acoustically. It's a fun song to play live. It's it's going to be a good one for us. We're just shooting a video for it next week uh, on Sunday. And then the premise to that will, uh, I think I'm narrating somehow, either be a bartender or a patron, and then uh, talking to a guy, tell him, you know, you don't want to do that. That's a waste of whiskey drink. And then <laughs> as soon as he slides the drink over to him or to the girl, it's like going off on a Willy Wonka wild ride of bad decisions. And then you got to spit out in the bar at the end, like, with what happened? <laughs> now, I'm not seeing a writing credit on this one. Did you write that or did somebody write that for you? I didn't. And I'm trying to think of who wrote it. And I'm. I should know that. I should have read it, but I don't think I have. I'm, I'm real weird about people telling me who wrote songs right when I get them. Mm-hmm. Just because I have friends in the industry, and I know everybody has friends, and I don't get to tell my friends' story before they play it on the radio, so it has to just hold up. So I don't ever let, I don't like to know who wrote songs. You just give me the songs, and I'll tell you which ones I like. And, Do you, is it like so, you, you don't want to get a preconceived notion about a song but by knowing exactly. who, who did it? Yeah. yeah. And I don't like to know if you like it. Just, just give me it with no opinion. Right, And then after I have my opinion, then I'll go gather other opinions. But I have to get mine first. So Waste of Whiskey Drink, it's already starting to climb the charts. I've got high hopes for this one. Um, for whatever reason there, in the mid-2010s, you were having trouble kind of getting radio to, to play your songs. I mean, it, it Ain't the Whiskey is a prime example of that, that it only went to 40 on the chart despite being an awesome song. So I have high hopes that radio stations like ourselves are, are going to jump on with this one and, and get you back up there, you know, kind of where you belong near the top of the chart. Me too. I got a good feeling about this, and uh, it's off to a good start. So hopefully we'll get to play it a lot. Well, Gary, this has been fun. I have one last thing for you, and that is I want to talk about your class of country music singers, artists that came along in that mid to late 90s range, guys and girls. You were part of a really good crop of them. Of those, are there any that are your favorites or that you really enjoy listening to still to this day? Probably Leanne Womack. Leanne Womack. Um, yeah, I thought she was really awesome, and she came out right in that same era I did. Makes a lot of sense when you think about it, a lot of similarities there. All right, Gary, I sure appreciate your time. We're going to keep playing Waste of a Whiskey Drink. Thanks so much for being a part of the Honky Tonk Time Machine. My pleasure. Good talk to you, Glenn.